we have now spun into the final part of today's broadcast inside of Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. And that stays on the football field but switches to the professional side of it and the fantasy meets reality in Fantasy Football Friday. I want to thank all the coaches that joined me on today's broadcast. I want to thank Dino Babers for his comments as well as Mark Richt and that huge matchup coming up for Syracuse and Miami in Miami, and now it is time to head off into fantasy football. Week 7 of the NFL, Mike Sofka and I have been giving you our advice individually over the last couple weeks, him on HalloFameFantasyFootball.com, myself, the injury report on WakeUpCallDT.com, and of course you have been on social media with me, Facebook at WakeUpCallDT and Twitter at CallDT, C-A-L-L-D-T, to get all of my fantasy football advice over the last couple weeks as I was on vacation. We are now back together on the airwaves, and I'm very happy to have Mike back here on the show to get you set for Week 7 Sunday and Monday matchups. Mike, how are you doing today? Awesome. How are you doing? I'm doing well. And, Mike, uh, let's start this really quick. Uh, the last two weeks of the NFL, uh, apparently when I go on vacation – the the NFL loses its mind. So there's been over 240 players that are now on injured reserve. A lot of these guys are big-time fantasy players. A lot of these guys were drafted and drafted high. So we're in a world where injury the injury bug has not only bitten, it's kind of tore apart like The Walking Dead, what we've seen of fantasy football with a lot of these, these key ingredients to success. So, you know, what, I want to start there. We've seen a lot of injuries. We've seen a lot of shakeup. The divisional matchups are, are very, very important right now because it's anybody's game at this point. The NFC North is open now. The AFC South is open. There's a lot of opportunity outside of, you know, Pittsburgh and the AFC, AFC North, you know, and some of the other ones. Philadelphia is in good shape. Kansas City has some blunders now. So there's there's been a lot in division. There's been a lot as far as who the heck's going to make the playoffs this year, and there's been a lot of injuries to fantasy. What have you taken away from the last couple weeks in the shakeup of the NFL? Well, it's just like anything else. you got to have a plan in place. you got to be ready to go next man up. It's just like running a, an NFL team where, you know, I'll give you for instance, we got a couple bye weeks coming up here that are week eight and week nine. Over the course of the next two weeks, not counting week seven here, but the next two weeks, week eight and week nine, 12 teams are on a bye. So, I mean, this is just something you have to deal with when you're when you're running a team, whether it's an NFL team or a fantasy football team. you got to have an action plan in place so that, you know, you have contingencies. If this happens, we're going to this game. If that happens, we're going this direction. So, you got to start looking now. If you're playing fantasy football, you got to start looking not only for this week, but you got to, you know, remember if you're not a week or two ahead, you're a week or two behind. So even if you're not ready to pull the trigger and make a move on somebody to cover yourself in your bye weeks or injuries the next couple weeks, put yourself in a position to have that direction so when the time comes to pull the trigger, you're ready. At least mentally have a game plan. Play the what ifs with yourself. If this happens, I'm going to do that. If this happens, I'm going to do this. This way you know where you have a direction. It's not such a shock. You're not standing there in shock and awe while somebody else picks up the guy you should have been thinking about a week ago. Yeah, you know, you, you have to be, as Mike said, you have to be ready. 
you have to be <clears throat> prepared to the best of your ability. But there, there's been injuries to, you know, the David Johnsons of the world and the Aaron Rod- I mean, in Aaron Rodgers' case, I have Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers. And ironically, Brees is playing the Rodgers-less Packers this week. So, you know, it made my decision easy to say, well, I got to play him. And it, the irony of them going up against each other if, if Rodgers had been healthy. So, you know, you have to have the backup plan. But I would say it's – it's the, this year feels like – this year just feels like there's more injuries. It feels like there's more guys going down earlier on in the season. And it's not just rookies. I mean, there's vets all over the place. Do you feel that? Do you get a sense of, yeah, you have to have a plan, but sometimes it's it's getting a little unnerving how many injuries have happened already? Well, you got a couple things, you know, playing into – these injuries and and one of them i think is poor planning on the players parts a lot of the injuries you can't help i mean stuff's gonna happen the rogers thing it's a freak thing i don't think it was a bad hit i don't think he planted him in the ground you know it's just a football hit it's a good football hit uh but otherwise i think it's you know these players aren't preparing well enough because well look at the levy on bell situation he's still going around healthy but he missed all preseason but the first two games he was pedestrian at best so i think bad preparation or you know bad whatever you want to call it is leading to more guys getting injured more readily more quickly i think that um if you look at some of the knee problems that we've been having in the nfl over the past couple years some of them when they're non-contact plays are just freakish and they're freakish to watch but you got to know that those things are going to happen and it's almost like a karma effect for some guys when you consider some of the guys that are hurt, like an like an Odell Beckham Jr. You know, he he's just a couple weeks removed from you know doing his little doggy dance in the end zone, and then boom, he's done. You know, after lingering with an ankle, now now is a more severe injury. So, you know, I, I I hate to wish bad things on people, but it always seems like the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. And either way, again. To go back to preparation, you got to be ready for it. And whether it's explained, unexplained, whether it's warranted, unwarranted, you know, whatever the situation may be, you got to have a plan in place. Whether it's making a trade, looking at different trade options. I mean, if you had Aaron Rodgers this year, you were probably doing pretty good in whatever league you were in. So chances are you got other good players on your team. You may have to sacrifice somebody. I had uh, Aaron Rodgers in one league, and I had a package deal, you know, Antonio Brown away to, 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 you know, keep myself going because, you know, you not only have to make the playoffs, you got to win in the playoffs. So I was looking for a guy that could carry me all the way through. You can also go streaming options, too. In some leagues, there's some guys that are out there that, you know, are good streaming options. You go week to week with the best matchups like you might do on a defense. Yeah, you know, that's and that's sometimes what you have to go to, and, and that's what I had to do recently was to find a place for my, you know, looking at different teams that I have and injuries that have happened to say, okay, well, you know what, maybe I want this running back to be on the team, but I really need a receiver right now, or, or I have this many running backs, I don't want to part with this guy, but he's underperformed in the last three weeks, and, and I need to fill a spot for a receiver, I need a tight end, so I can't just sit here and hold on to this guy forever. 
So uh, Ectocore said, you can bet your bottom dollar. I picked up Chris Ivory the moment Fournette became questionable. And I think that that's a good pickup. You know, Ivory was, a, I was at the game, Jacksonville facing off against the Rams and, and Ivory had you know, a nice touchdown in the game. I, I think that there's some good to come from Chris Ivory being out there. He can catch out of the backfield. And with Blake Bortles throwing those, those, those short passes instead of, you know, taking those those tries deep down the field. He's really not sending the ball down the field a lot, so Ivory can benefit from the check down. I mean, I think that's a good pickup. What do you think about it? Yeah, I was at the game as well. You could hear a collective sigh in the crowd, and some people even started to leave because it was relatively late in the game, uh, second half of the game when, you know, Fournette got injured. I, I actually have video of that play. It's funny. It, well, it's not funny, but, I mean, it's, it, it's ironic because – here I am watching Fournette just run like a beast. You know, if you missed the beginning of that game, you missed two touchdowns in, in 30 seconds with the return kickoff. And then Fournette with a 75-yard run, he looked really good. He looked like, you know, they were following through with their game plan. And then when he goes down, you could just see everybody. I mean, the panic, the blood rushing at everybody's head, the, the, the oh, my gosh, the season's over type thing because they're – coming away from relying on Blake Bortles to throw the ball when they, you know, have some problems with Bortles holding the ball. They've had problems protecting them in the pocket. They've had problems getting them to receivers. Receivers have been dinged up. And they got this guy, Fournette, who's a workhorse and who can be. And if he's your e-ticket, if he's that golden ticket and he goes down, you know, you, you, you feel like all hope is lost. So heaven forbid that happen, you're in a good position. And he did the right thing by going out and snapping them up right away, even if it was just speculative, because there's some guys out there who are going to pop off the page at you, not only because of their performance or their ability, but because of the situation that they're in. And that would be a good situation for Chris Ivory. Yeah, you know, and Chris Ivory's in a place right now, like Mike said, where, you know, he can have some opportunity. And and like I had just written to Ecto Cores, I don't think Chris Ivory's your yardage guy. But he could be, you know, a score or two for you. I mean, he could be, he could be one touchdown, four yards. He could be two touchdowns, twenty-seven yards. He could have a big game. He had one big game last season where he got a hundred yards. But really, I mean, with what he was utilized for, with Blake Bortles, it was the fake handoff, and then Ivory went out to the right side. Blake rolled. He saw him over top, sent him the ball, and he had a twenty-two yard touchdown. So. You know, something like that is not going to get you a ton of yards, but he can get you some scores. And at the end of the day, the scores get you six. So you can, you know, you don't want to turn away an opportunity. And, and you have to dig a little bit. I mean, I've been on some of these free agency opportunity, you know, the, the free agency list and looking at the opportunities that I could have in, in the five leagues that I run with some of my guys going down like Chris Carson and, and Delvin Cook and Aaron Rodgers over the last few weeks. And I'm looking at some people, and I'm going, you know what? Even though this league doesn't have a ton of teams in it, I feel like people have been very smart. So hopefully they've been listening to Mike and I because there's a lot of guys that have disappeared. And when you look at the free agency, the list, you're saying, okay, well, uh, nobody's here. You know, there a lot of these guys have been picked up. They're gone. And, and you know, kudos to, to the teams that have done that to the people that have done that in central and upstate New York, as well as our league down in Orlando who have made the decision to attack ahead of time and, and not wait until Sunday morning and go, Oh my God, I got to pick somebody up. So uh, speaking of what's coming up on Sunday, I want to get to that in just a minute, Mike, but 
Oakland and Kansas City. Kansas City, I mean, this is a high-scoring game, 31-30. to Oakland is that team of the last couple years. I know they were 12-4 and in the regular season last year. But they've become the team of, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. Maybe they're going to have 20 points. Maybe they're going to have 30. Maybe they're going to have 10. They're that team that is consistently inconsistent on offense, yet, even though they're consistently inconsistent on offense, the guy that you have come to trust is Michael Crabtree consistently scoring. He did score in this game. Amari Cooper finally woke up. He had by far his best game. 210 yards, two touchdowns on 11 catches to lead the team. He was targeted 19 times by Derek Carr. 19 times. Crabtree was targeted seven times. I don't know what happened with Amari Cooper, but apparently the right person was put on him in the mind of Oakland to say, okay, well, that's a mismatch with Kansas City. Send the ball his way. Amari Cooper doing more in this game than I think he did in six weeks. So shout out to him. A Tyreek Hill on the other side got back to business. 125 yards receiving on six catches. He was the leading receiver for KC. He had a touchdown. Travis Kelsey got you a touchdown. Kareem Hunt didn't get a touchdown, but still got you 117 all-purpose yards. So the guys that I told you to play, my usual suspects of these two teams, did a good job. And Amari Cooper, who I've been very wary on, he did not, he did a nice job. And DeAndre Washington, I've been telling people, watch out for this guy, because Marshawn Lynch has done a whole lot of nothing since returning to the NFL. I see this game outside of Amari Cooper shocking me. Everything happened that I that I expected to happen in this game. Were you surprised in anything, Mike, or, or did did things kind of did the chips fall where you thought they would? Well, just like most people, I was a little bit surprised at Amari Cooper, but not not to the same extent that most people were because he was going up against Terrence Mitchell, and you kind of hit the head you hit the nail right on the head there when you said they they liked the matchup. They did like the matchup. As a matter of fact, everybody's like that matchup against Terrence Mitchell. Everybody's gone off on him. He leads the league in yardage given up as far as cornerbacks. So what happened was Marcus Peters on the other side was locking down on Crabtree for most of the night. That's why Crabtree's performance was a little lackluster compared to Amari Cooper's. Now, Amari Cooper, to be fair, did the yeoman's job against uh, you know a pedestrian guy who probably isn't going to be starting at cornerback much longer. But when they put Philip Gaines in to replace him, he didn't fare much better. So... It was some good matchups, some good blocking. For once, Oakland got off the ball and blocked. But to go back to the Amari Cooper thing, Amari Cooper, I think, could have done a lot better in that game. I think if the roles were reversed, 19 targets and you're only catching 11, that's almost like catching half the targets. You need to catch more than that. He's had a problem with drops. He dropped a few in the game. He dropped the touchdown that he should have had. So... Even though he had a coming out party or, hey, he's back on track, get, get yourself in perspective here. This isn't, hey, here's Amari Cooper. He's a top five receiver again. Because I need to see that a couple weeks in a row. You do it once, that's great. You had a great game, good job. You do it twice, now you got my attention. Now I know there might be some consistency there. I'm going to start paying attention. So, I, you know, I think Oakland – performed well in the quarterback position. Derek Carr did well. I thought on the other side, Alex Smith played well. Kareem Hunt and Tyreek Hill are just fast. I mean, you give those guys the ball, they're gone. So that was quite evident as well. You know, if you watched the whole game last night, you saw three on-time downs at the end of the game. They were trying to give Oakland every opportunity to win, and they did. And 
you know, hats off to Oakland. They did what they had to do to win the game. Yeah, you know, Oakland came through. And this is this is what makes, you know, this is what makes this division of the AFC West so difficult because Denver came out, everybody thought, okay, number one defense in the country, look at what they're doing to people, and then they start losing games. And you say, okay, well, Denver is not that potential you know, 90% perfect team than we thought they were. Then you look at Oakland and say, well, Oakland's had all these blunders. They're not going to make it. And then you see them beat Kansas City. Kansas City was the last undefeated team. And look at what's happened to them now. They were 5-0. and Now they're 5-2, and losing their last two games this season after starting off the season defeating the Patriots in Foxborough. So there's been a lot of shakeup all across the NFL. And, you know, in fantasy, it's been fun because we're seeing – these people we didn't expect to jump up, jump up. We're seeing the guys that are supposed to step up, step up. Some of the ones that we're supposed to haven't necessarily done so. Amari Cooper, like Mike said, it's only one game, so you have to temper your expectations because he's done little to nothing, and then he went off. I mean, the, the yardage he got in this game, it, it rivals adding up all the other weeks together. So, and, and like Mike said, he still made mistakes. He still dropped a touchdown, could have had three. So... You know, Amari can get better, but if it's just the matchup, then, you know, that's something to pay attention to. Why has Amari been so quiet? Michael Crabtree, yeah, he didn't have the yardage, but he consistently is targeted in the end zone, and he consistently scores week in and week out for Oakland, so he's still my most trusted receiver for the Raiders. The games for this Sunday, October 22nd, we have a bunch of them. There's some teams that are off. I want to make note of this. Detroit and Houston are off. So please do not leave them on your roster and lose a spot this week. Tampa's playing at Buffalo. I'd love to say that Tampa would win this game, Mike, but we know that Jameis Winston got banged up. We know that Buffalo plays well at home, and Buffalo has shocked the world a couple times this season, defeating the Broncos and the Falcons. So nobody's safe in Buffalo in upstate New York, and Tampa, I think, stays in that region as well of, of the unsafe nature that is Buffalo on the road or at home I think this game in New Era Field is going to be a good one. I think that Buffalo is probably going to win it. What do you take away from the Fitzpatrick factor and Tampa facing off against Buffalo? Well, I'm not told that the Bucks are going to perform well in this game without Jameis Winston. I, I think that there's still a chance he plays, but even with that, you gotta you, you gotta get your expectations in line. Tampa's going to win this game if they can control the ground game, if they can run the ball, and if they can slow down LaShawn McCoy. Because there's not many big-name receivers in Buffalo. Tyrod Taylor hasn't been throwing the ball like a madman. And, well, let's face it, you know, if you look at the stats, when Tampa holds a team to under 100 rushing yards, they win the game. And that's hard to do against Buffalo, who can run the ball, and a LaShawn McCoy. So if I have LaShawn McCoy, he's definitely starting. You know, the quarterback situation still in flux. Tyrod Taylor's higher ranked than either Winston or Fitzpatrick would be at a high-end QB2 in this game. And, you know, if I, if I flip the, the, the roles here and I go with Doug Martin, he'd be a bottom-end running back two as compared to LaShawn McCoy being the number eight running back overall this week. Mike Evans leading the charge in the receiver pack for the, the Bucks. No real receivers to speak of from Buffalo. You know, they had Charles Clay performing well at the tight end spot, and he's been banged up. Watch out for O'Leary coming in, the Florida State product. He could be a guy that could get you some points down the road as he continues to adjust to the offense. 
you know, not much more to write home about. I think it's going to be all about the running game, and I think whoever wins the battle of the ground is going to win this game. Yeah, you know, I don't imagine this to be a high-scoring game. Jordan Matthews uh, is cleared with his thumb injury to practice Wednesday. He's questionable. Wide receiver for the Bills. He hasn't been consistent. Charles Clay has been their most consistent receiver at the tight end position, and he is out with his knee injury. Jameis Winston, as of right now, did not throw in Wednesday's practice that was open to the media in Tampa, and his shoulder has left him questionable moving forward. I I wouldn't imagine that they would want to throw him out there and risk injuring him more and losing him this early in the season in only week seven, so I don't anticipate that he would be out there. As far as who to play in this game, uh, you know, for for Tampa, Ryan Fitzpatrick, yes, he he does he does some nice things. He figures it out. I mean, Ryan, you can say what you want to say about him, but he did some good things with the Bills. He did some good things with the Jets. He's done some good things recently here with Tampa Bay. Threw three touchdowns in the game. I think Mike Evans is still worth putting out there. I think Cameron Brait is still worth the opportunity. He's a tight end, too, for me this week. Mike Evans, still worth putting out if you have – you know, uh, uh, anywhere from a three to four wide receiver set. I think Mike Evans is somebody that, you know, I would clearly put out there. Doug Martin, I don't believe in the guy. Uh, Jacquez Rogers, I dropped because now that Doug's back, they're going to screw over Jacquez as they happen to do from year to year. I think Jacquez puts a lot of good work in. He's a former Atlanta Falcon back. I think he's done some good with Tampa Bay. I don't think they respect him enough. I think as soon as Doug Martin comes back from his 900,000 suspensions that he's had, as well as injuries and whatnot, he just walks right back into his starting job. He doesn't learn a damn thing, and he gets suspended next year or two years from now because his job is always waiting for him. And uh, with that being said, I think that, you know, the way that they treat the guys behind Doug Martin, like a Jacquez Rogers, it affects you in fantasy, and I just think it's I think it's bad practice. So with Doug Martin, do I believe in him moving forward? Probably not. Uh, you know, do you want to play him out there maybe as an RB three, put him in a flex position? He could do some things this week, but you know, it's it, the bitter taste of of how everybody's treated down there in Tampa Bay. And Doug Martin, he doesn't do enough to excite me to think, oh my God, yeah, this guy's worth and keep, worth keeping the job for. He gets 100 yards every single week or he gets close. You know, he's a guy that gets you 20 yards, 120, 50. So if you want to play him, I put him as a low-end running back two, high-end running back three. And then for Buffalo, I have LaShawn McCoy on one of my teams. I'm hoping this man wakes the hell up. He looked beautiful in week one. He's been quiet since then. So, But I still think LaShawn McCoy is your best bet. And there's really nobody else I look to on Buffalo. I mean, Charles Clay is not playing, so that's going to that's gonna affect things for me. You know, Zay Jones has underperformed. They haven't really thrown to him that much, so... I can't say anything about Zay at this point. I thought he would do more, but he's only catching like one or two passes a game. So with me, it's LaShawn McCoy on Buffalo's side. This is a wake-up call. Fast break. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is located on 3680 Milton Avenue in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, 
is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315-487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. The next game that we have up, Mike, in the schedule for this week in Week 7 is Carolina at Chicago. For some odd reason, I feel like Chicago's not out of this hunt. The NFC North has, to me, the, the, the barn doors have blown off the thing. I had a dream about this Carolina-Chicago game, and Chicago won it. What do you think about this one? Well, that's not out of the realm of possibility there, but I think Cam Newton might be back. I think he's finally turned back, turned the corner, come back to the Cam Newton that we remember. They're starting to complement some of that pocket play with a few runs. They've been trying to restrict him to keep him injury safe because this is a guy who can get banged up with the way he plays, leaving the pocket on design runs and then on scrambles as well. And he's a guy that will deliver a hit, and he takes some hits. He takes hits like Aaron Rodgers took. He's just a bigger, more athletic version. It's kind of like in basketball when they used to, everybody used to foul Shaq. So some of the fouls they fouled, you know, they, they hit Shaq with would kill another guy, but he just, you know, fouled Shaq. So it's kind of like a similar thing. Here's a guy, he's not afraid to spread his jersey open and show the Superman symbol underneath after he scores. And, you know, that, that, that might be partially true. This is a guy who takes some hits. On the other side of the ball, I can't say nothing about Mitch Trubisky yet. He hasn't proved anything to me yet. You know, and they got Julius Peppers. That's right, the old man Julius Peppers back in Cal- back in Carolina. He can, you know, do some damage. He's been up there in the sacks. He can penetrate. He can put pressure on Trubisky. You know, I know Keekley's been out with a concussion. I know that, um, you know, they, they haven't had the success running the ball in Carolina that they thought they would with Christian McCaffrey, but that's because everybody keys on him. Whenever Christian McCaffrey's on the field, if they send him in a decoy, you watch. Slow down the film, and you watch. And there's three line, there's two linebackers and a, and a corner, or a nickel and, and, a, and, a, and a coverage guy and a linebacker, all keying on him. So sometimes he's a decoy. He's still the number 17 running back for me this week. You know, I got Jordan Howard just above him at 14. Jordan Howard, what a good job he's come back from. It looked like Tariq Hill was going to step in and take his job, but Tariq Hill's the passing down guy. He's got some wheels. He had some good games. I'm sorry, Tariq Hill. Tariq Cohen has had some good uh, games catching the ball. He's still worthy of starting in a flex or if you're in a real deep league, maybe an RB2, RB3. Uh, Receiver-wise, Calvin Benjamin's been been back a little bit, but you know he's been banged up. It looks like Devin Funches is the guy there. Calvin Benjamin and Devin Funches, they're interchangeable to me right now until Benjamin separates himself from from Funches, but Funches is the guy. Ed Dixon seems to have stepped in nicely there, but you know this is a guy who is really a blocking tight end, and he was able to step in and get some good games. I think that you know you should keep that in check. Don't expect that from Ed Dixon every week. You know this is just a you know an anomaly here, and I think that uh, things are going to correct themselves when you're talking about statistics, numbers, and stuff. Things. 
I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah. So everything will even itself out at the end here. And I think uh, I think Chicago is capable of winning this game, but I think Carolina is definitely going to pull through under the leadership of Cam Newton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, my dream told me that Chicago is going to win this game. So we'll have to see what happens when everything shakes out. But as far as uh, injuries go, Carolina, Jonathan Stewart's questionable running back. Cam Newton's still questionable at quarterback. Uh, Kelvin Benjamin's questionable wide receiver. For Chicago, Marcus Wheaton is out. Kevin White, as you know, is on injury reserve as their wide receivers. And Tanner Gentry is questionable at wide receiver for Chicago as well. As far as who I would play in this game, you know, if Cam Newton's ready to go and he's going to play in this one, he seems to be the guy that's gritty enough to get out there and do it, then, you know, if you don't get punished for interceptions, then Cam Newton is still a relative safe bet for me to put out there. I don't know how high scoring this game is going to be, but, you know, Cam Newton finds a way to do it on the ground and through the air. Christian McCaffrey has not done a lot on the ground, but I think that he, he's ticking upward. He got a touchdown last week, the only receiving touchdown for the team from Cam Newton. So, and he had 10 receptions on 14 targets. He was the most highly targeted player on the team. And Calvin Benjamin was, was right behind him with 13 targets. And Funches had nine. Funches and Benjamin, as Mike said, they're interchangeable. And, and I believe that. You know, one week somebody's going to do something for you. The next week the other guy's going to do something. Then there's weeks where they both do something. And then there's weeks where they, neither one of them even looks like they played in the game. So I think Christian McCaffrey is trending up. I'm circling him this week as a guy that you should put out there. So Christian McCaffrey, Cam Newton, I, I just got a feeling that Christian is going to start getting you what you're hoping for, those yardage and just consistency that you want. If I had to choose between Funches and Benjamin, I would choose Benjamin. Right now, because I, I do believe he is the more sought-after target of Cam Newton. I think Funchess, it comes and goes. So if you got to go really deep, you got to pick somebody up on the waiver wire, free agency, or whatever, and Funchess is out there, pick him up if you, if you need to fill a spot. I still consider him a wide receiver three, uh, a, a high-end four, a low-end three, in my opinion. Benjamin's a, a high-end three to me. And then uh, Christian McCaffrey, I, I, I still think, is the – the best bet for you to put out there, and Cam Newton, not a bad choice for this week. As far as Chicago goes, they have been the enigma. They have been that team that you just you don't know what the hell they're going to give you from week to week, and it stays the same in fantasy. Jordan Howard was doing absolutely nothing, and then he had 167 yards on 36 carries this past week in a win over Baltimore on the road. Tariq Cohen has been very quiet since week one. And so, you know, as Mike said, if you got to go deep, you need to fill in a spot. You got a flex position, put Tariq in there. But it looks like Jordan Howard's the guy for Mitchell Trubisky right now. Tariq Cohen did throw a touchdown pass this past week in, in a uh, very exciting uh, trick play, 21-yard touchdown. He was one of one. So I wouldn't count Tariq Cohen out. It just depends on who you have on your roster and how deep you have to go. And Jordan Howard, I, I think, is the guy to play uh, more so than Tariq right now is a running back, but if you have a flex option open, then Tariq's not a bad bet for you. Tennessee at Cleveland. I don't know why, for some odd reason, I feel like Cleveland might shock people and win their first game of the season here, but Tennessee's got a lot of fantasy talent. What do you think about this one, Mike? Yeah, I don't see anything positive coming out of Cleveland. You know, that it's really hard when you're 0-6 to keep going. I get it. 
Tennessee is a big favorite on the road in Cleveland. Tennessee can run the ball. They can stop somebody from running the ball. There's not much good quarterback play coming out of Cleveland. They got a you know rotation going now where it's whoever they think the hot hand is now. You know, you got to wonder what that does to the mentality of a Deshaun Kaiser. I got to think that they're going to keep him at quarterback the rest of the year. They pull him out, sit him down, say it's going to be good form, and then they put him back in again. It's like I, I just I wonder if that how that affects his psyche. I know he's a professional player, but he's a young professional player, so I don't count on him doing much this week from the quarterback position. But on the other side of the ball, I expect a lot out of Marcus Mariota. He's a low end quarterback, won this week. Running the ball, that's something that they can do very well. And it looks like Derrick Henry is the guy who's going to be getting more of the touches now. And it looks like, you know, he's he's finally shaping into the guy we thought he would be. So it's a good sign in Tennessee for Derrick Henry owners. Receiver-wise, nobody's really wowing me. Nothing's really jumping off the paper on either team. Maybe a Rashard Matthews is a low-end wide receiver, too. And that's about it. And then, you know, tight end, I'd be I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Delaney Walker. This is a guy you can count on as a tight end one week in, week out. Yeah, he's not Gronk, he's not Ertz, he's not Kelsey, but he's right there with them. So this is a guy you can count on to get targets if you're in a PPR league especially. He's a good play. Yeah, you know, as far as injuries go, for Tennessee, DeMarco Murray is questionable right now. Corey Davis is out still with a hamstring injury. The rookie wide receiver that they spent a top six pick on that hasn't panned out as of yet due to injury and underperformance. I don't like anybody on Cleveland in this game. I really don't. And Marcus Mariota, not a bad play for you. Derrick Henry, I like him too. Uh, DeMarco Murray, he's questionable. He seems to play through a lot of stuff, but I like Derrick Henry in this game. And Eric Decker. I mean, Eric Decker's not a bad player. And Taiwan Taylor, congratulations to him for getting a touchdown this past week. But, uh, but you know, it's Cleveland. So I think Rashard Matthews could have a day. I think Eric Decker could have a day. I think Derrick Henry's going to have a day. And Marcus Mariota's not a bad play either. So, you know, it's it's again, folks, it's Cleveland. And Tennessee is... Tennessee is on a mission right now because they have a wide-open AFC South and they know what it's like to have won games late in the season but didn't take care of the beginning of the season and they were one game out of being in the playoffs. New Orleans at Green Bay. The Aaron rodgers Packers going up at home against the Saints who have had their blunders already this season. The Saints finally parted ways with Adrian Peterson. You and I both talked about how Weeks ago, it was probably time to make the move. I said Giants. He went Cardinals. He seems to be okay there in his first week. And New Orleans has life with Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram in the backfield. What do you think about this one? Yeah, it's funny. The uh, the line on this game, you know, for entertainment purposes only, of course, the line on this game, you know, a week ago before Aaron Rodgers was hurt was going to be around six, six and a half Packers. And then you look at this game now, and it's four uh, four points given up by New Orleans. And it was actually six points. It was actually like a 12, 13-point swing with Aaron Rodgers going out. So that should tell you the type of impact. Usually a player can affect the line. A single player being out can affect the line by two, maybe three points if he's an extremely you know top-level player. But this is Aaron Rodgers. This is a guy who drives that Packer offense. This is a guy who gets things done. This is a guy who can take the team to the next level. This is a guy who the players believe in when they're down by, you know, four or five points. 
points and there's one minute on the clock, they believe that they're going to win. They not only think they're going to win, they believe it because they had Aaron Rodgers. So don't expect that same performance out of Brett Hundley, unfortunately. You know, I don't see a lot there. But on the flip side, of course, Drew Brees is a highly rated QB1. He's my number two quarterback this week. He should light it up. And you're exactly right. Mark Ingram, top running back this week, number nine. He's an RB1. And, and you go with Alvin Kamara. This is a guy who's done nothing but impress every time he gets the ball. They can throw him the ball. He's a low-end running back, too, even though he's splitting some time and some carries with Mark Ingram. On the receiver end, I still got to like Jordy Nelson. The reason I got to like Jordy Nelson is they're going to have to throw the ball. They're going to be behind. And the guy they're going to throw the ball to is Jordy Nelson. So if you're in a PPR league where you're looking for a lot of targets out of your receiver, that's definitely a guy to consider. Uh, you know, I, I'd like to sit here and tell you how they're going to light it up with you know, a, a Devontae Adams, but that's probably not going to happen. But he's going to get some targets, too. He's a low-end wide receiver, too, this week. Michael Thomas, on the other side, he's obviously the number one guy in New Orleans. He's the number six overall receiver this week, so you got to play him. I don't have to tell you that if he's on your team, of course. And don't expect too much out of the tight ends of either team, Martellus Bennett or Kobe Fleener. I, they're low-end tight end twos, and... You know, Kobe Fleener just hasn't gotten it done this year, and quite frankly, neither has Martellus Bennett. Yeah, you know, this this is this is one of those matchups you look forward to every single. You know, anytime you can get a matchup like this, any season of the year, New Orleans, Green Bay, you expect them to be high scoring. New Orleans is coming off a game with the NFC North, but the team was a Green Bay. It was Detroit, and they shared ninety points combined. Ninety points, fifty-two to thirty-eight. The Saints over the Lions. Drew Brees, I play him in this game. I play Mark Ingram. I play Alvin Kamara. I give a thought to Ted Ginn Jr. out there as well because of the fact that he was their leading receiver most recently and because of the – I mean, they trusted a lot in the rushing attack. They only – there was only 20 catches to 37 carries against Detroit. But, you know, I, I mean, for me – as far as the tight end goes, too, and Michael Humanawanui, one of my favorite names in the world, he had a touchdown in this last game, so it's kind of like up in the air what's going to happen. Brandon Coleman has underperformed at wide receiver for New Orleans, so I like Ingram, Kamara, Breeze, and Ted Ginn Jr. as a flex position guy. On the other side of this matchup for Green Bay, you know, Mike is right. They're going to have to throw, to the, throw the ball to somebody. Uh, it's crazy how they looked good against the Vikings in the beginning, and it's like, okay, they can win this game, and then all of a sudden, the wheels fell off without Aaron Rodgers when Brent Hundley took over. He had three interceptions in this game, but Jordy Nelson and Devontae Adams still were at the top of this thing, both targeted 10 times, so if you got Jordy or Devontae, in my opinion, I would play them both this week. Next up for our conversation, Jacksonville and Indianapolis. This is Fantasy Football Friday. Every single Friday inside a wake-up call, we give you fantasy football advice by we, I mean Mike Sofka of HalloFameFantasyFootball.com and myself, Dan Tortora of WakeUpCallDT.com. Check out the fantasy football page and all that I have to offer you within that with past shows that Mike and I have done in the archive to the NFL Injury Report and everything that you need to know for the upcoming week. And I also want to make a mention of the Wildcat Sports Pub, your home for fantasy football, watching the NFL, whether you're a sports fan, NFL fan, football fan, fantasy football, all of the above, 
the way the Wildcat Sports Pub is the place for you to go to is in Camillus, thirty six eighty Milton Avenue in Camillus, New York. It is the home of one of the best sauces I have had in my life, and I put it on the boneless wings, the Wildcat sauce. Go out and get yourself some good wings, good food. The menu has more than enough for you to choose from. Over forty items. You can go there every single week. And from week to week, just get new stuff and then try different concoctions and whatnot. Go out to the Wildcat. Enjoy your time out there, as so many of you have on Sundays, watching football all day long and throughout the week. I appreciate it very much, you taking my advice and making that your fantasy home and your home just to hang out with the family as well. Jacksonville at Indianapolis, Mike. Uh, Jag- the Jaguars play better <laughs> away from home uh, they- when they're not in Jacksonville. They do all right, and they have got themselves to a 3-3 three and three record so far. They're playing the, the haphazard Colts, who have had a lot of issues this year. Jacksonville at Indianapolis, what do you think about this one? Well, Jacksonville does play better away from home for some reason, and you know what? I think that plays right into their hands here. They usually play Indianapolis well regardless. And they usually play quite well in Indianapolis, so this is going to be a good game for that Jacksonville defense. Defense has been carrying the team all along. Defense and, well, this guy named Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette's a running back one in this game. Definitely a guy you're going to start. Uh, they're going to mix it up a little bit more with Mac and Gore, Gore and Mac, Mac and Cheese, whatever uh, you know. They, Pagano was going to call it in the press conference, which was pretty funny. Mac and Mac, Mac and Gore. Franken Gore, he, he was going on and on and on with all these different names, and it sounded like he was heading for mac and cheese. And that's the most—it's kind of like seeing Bill Belichick tell a joke. I've never seen this guy as loose and as relaxed about getting ready to lose a game at home and trying to stop a guy named Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette is going to tear it up again this week, and so is the Jacksonville defense. The quarterbacks, not so much. I can't depend on either one of these guys. Um, you, you know, I—I I mean, I trust that Joby. Jacoby Brissett's doing a great job for what he is and for where he's at and for what he's been dealt. It's just not going to be enough against that Jacksonville defense. And Blake Bortles, you can't count on him to win the game. He's not in that Aaron Rodgers class of quarterbacks. He's definitely on the lower end of the spectrum. They're definitely tapered down the passes he's making. They're going to hand the ball off to Fournette and run as they should and rely on their defense. Now, they may have to throw the ball a little bit, and that's where Lee and Hearns come in. And these guys are low-level, uh, you know, mid-level to low-level wide receiver threes. Don't count on much more production out of them than that. T.Y. Hilton is a low-level wide receiver two in this game for Indianapolis. They're going to be behind. They're going to have to throw the ball, and that's the guy they're going to throw the ball to. And neither side really has the tight end that's much to write about. Maybe a Jack Doyle. He's a mid-range tight end, too, this week. Yeah, you know, I have to I have to look at this game and, and say very simply, you know, in covering the Jaguars for the last nine years on site and being around this team, and, and even more so than that, covering the NFL for a very long time, the entire time that, that I've been broadcasting, so over a decade, I could say to you that very clearly when it comes to the Jaguars right now and coverage of this team over the years, they have a good rushing attack, and they have a better defense than they've had in a very long time. And Doug Marone is about that. Strong defense, strong rushing attack. The old Big East, so to speak. What he did at Syracuse as well. So, I like Leonard Fournette in this game. I like Chris Ivory as a running back three or a flex guy. 
And I like the Jaguars' defense and special teams. I don't have to get too crazy into it. It's as simple as that. I like the rushing attack. I like the defense. As far as the Indianapolis Colts, yes, Jacoby Brissett, a guy that I told you to look out for when he was drafted last year by the New England Patriots. I said they got yet another steal in a quarterback in a draft. People don't know who this guy is. You better get to know him from NC State. He is somebody that I thought for sure should have been starting from the beginning with the Indianapolis Colts and not Scott Tolzien. And Jacoby, even though the team is 2-4, and four, I give a lot of credit to the work that he has put in so far. He, I mean, this is a, this is a, a quote-unquote third-string quarterback who I think is a lot better than that. And I think he's a lot better than what other people have to fill in when their first guy goes down. You know, Frank Gore, I look at him... As a, as a potential guy for you, a running back three, maybe a low-end running back two. As far as who's going to be catching those passes in the end zone, if I had to choose, I guess I would go with Mike on this one and say Jack Doyle. He seems to be the consistent guy for the team. You know, T.Y. Hilton has had some good moments, but he's consistently inconsistent this year. And Dante Moncrief, the same for him. So, really, I look at Jack Doyle, maybe a Frank Gore and on Jacksonville's side, you know, I made it easy for you. Said so go for the running backs and and go for their defense and special teams on the road. Arizona at Los Angeles. I'm very excited to talk about this game because Adrian Peterson was just not fitting in. It just wasn't making sense. I didn't like it. I wanted them to make a change early on, and I was hoping that they would get my brainwaves and make that sh- that shift and that switch. They did exactly that. They took Chris Johnson out of retirement. That didn't work. So they said, hey, Adrian Peterson, why don't you come to Arizona? And he had 134 yards, 26 carries, 5.2 yards a carry, and two touchdowns in his debut for Arizona in their victory over Tampa in a shootout, 38-33. to Arizona's got an opportunity this week to go on the road to face off against the Los Angeles Rams, but they're not going on the road to L.A., They're going to Twickenham Stadium in London, and this game will be played at 1 p.m. Eastern time. It's not a 9 a.m. game, so please make note of that. All the other ones have been 9 9 a.m., 9.30 a.m. Eastern time. This is 1 p.m. Eastern time. Arizona, Los Angeles. These are two good teams, Mike. Uh, Adrian Peterson, it'll be interesting to see where he goes from here. I got a good feeling about him in Arizona right now. And the Rams, they are 4-2. They lead their division of the NFC West. And they have looked pretty darn good on offense at times this season. What do you think about this one? Well, the London perspective, the or the you know England perspective, brings a whole new element to the game when these games are played. And I think it's interesting the approach that different teams take. For instance, the Rams this week—they just got done beating Jacksonville. So instead of flying all the way back across country and then flying back again and then going to, to you know overseas, they stayed out this way. They stayed east coast and then they went to London. So, you know, the jet lag, the wear and tear, the time differences, the acclimation to get on London time, the acclimation after you get there. I think what you need to do is take a good approach where you get there in plenty of time, maybe five days before if permissible. And you take a day to relax and get your body adjusted. Then it's all business. It's not sightseeing. And I think that's the approach the Rams are taking. And I think that's the reason why they're going to win the game. The Rams are hot right now. I think Jared Goff is a low-level quarterback one. I can flip the script here and, and, and talk about Carson Palmer. He's just a notch or two above Jared Goff in this game. And that's because of the running attack. 
You give him David Johnson, he's a different quarterback. You give him Adrian Peterson running like he did last week, that's a different quarterback. That's a different situation. There's more balance. So I think that bodes well for Arizona, but I don't think it's going to be enough because the Rams just seem to have that it factor. They're playing well on defense and special teams. They're they're playing well as a unit. Todd Gurley's running the ball well. He's the number two overall running back this week. Adrian Peterson, I got him as a high-level running back two this week at number 13 overall. Wide receiver side, you know, you got to like Larry Fitzgerald. The old man's getting it done. You know, you look at the age of these guys on on Arizona's team. What, what, what isn't Carson Palmer like? I don't know. Thirty nine isn't uh, Adrian Peterson thirty two, and isn't Larry Fitzgerald? I think thirty four. The old guys are ruling in Arizona. You know, usually people go to Arizona or Florida to retire. These guys are ahead of the game. These guys, you know, I can't say they should retire. They're playing too well right now. And then from the tight end perspective, there's not a lot to write home about here. But I think it's going to be a good game. A lot of ground and pound. There's going to be some throwing the ball because when you run the ball effectively like both teams can, that's going to open things up in the passing game. Yeah, you know, for this game, for me, for both of these teams, I think Adrian Peterson versus Todd Gurley is going to be a fun one to watch. I like Adrian Peterson as as the, your running back coming from the Arizona Cardinals. I like Larry Fitzgerald. I like John Brown in this matchup as well. On the other side of it, as I mentioned, Todd Gurley, and then, you know, if you got to go deep, I'd say Cooper Cup. He's been inconsistent. I think that he may get you a touchdown, but it may be like 35 yards or something like that. So I think, you know, Cooper Cup's a low-end wide receiver for me this week, but Todd Gurley is the guy I would play on the Rams, and, and on the other side of it, Peterson, Fitzgerald, and Brown. I like them all. I They all make sense for this. Carson Palmer is not is not somebody that I trust numbers wise, but he helps get numbers for other people. The Jets at the Dolphins. Before we take a step aside here in Fantasy Football Friday, proudly presented by the Wildcat Sports Pub on thirty six eighty Milton Avenue in Camillus, New York, right in the Home Depot Plaza. Your home for watching football and watching sports any day of the week. Your home to just hang out and have some good food with the family. It is a sports pub that is family-friendly. It's extremely hard to do both. They found a way to have that marriage, and it works. There's kids running around, hanging out, having a good time, and you're sitting there with your buddies at the bar watching the game, and it just fits. It's got a wide-open atmosphere, TVs everywhere, big enough for everybody to go and have a good time, plenty of space for you to watch your favorite team, and I look forward to you doing that this weekend. The Jets at the Dolphins, what do you think about this one? Well, if you like bad quarterback play, no, I'm just kidding. This is, Josh, Josh McCown and, and Jay Cutler, this is the battle of the bottom of the barrel. And, you know, I it is what it is. You know, both guys are capable. Both guys have their moments. But I think it's going to be more of a running game. I think, uh, you know, Miami's looking to parlay off that second half they had in it at Atlanta. Big victory there. I think they can do it, too, at home. Their defense has been playing pretty well. Jay Ajayi is going to continue to run the ball and run that team. He's the number six overall running back this week. You know, and on the other side, they got almost a three-headed monster. If Bilal Powell can make it back, Matt Forte is back healthy. And Elijah McGuire's done well running the ball. But neither one of these guys can I rate above an RB3 in this matchup. And, you know, Talking about receivers, Jarvis Landry might be the the one guy who gets any points of any 
relevance here. Jarvis Landry against the Jets should perform well. This is one of those games, though, where it doesn't really matter where the game is. It doesn't really matter who's on either side. These guys show up to play. It's like a New England and the Jets. It's Miami and the Jets. And one guy who's probably going to make a difference, tried to make a difference last week against New England is Austin Safarian Jenkins. I still think that was a touchdown. You could show the ball moving a little bit. I don't understand the call. It looked like an NFL conspiracy supporting the New England cheaters. I mean, Patriots once again. But, you know, it is what it is. You know, so take those things with a grain of salt. It's going to be a good game. should be a good game to watch outside the quarterback position. Yeah, you know, it's and it is. It's, it's funny to me. And the thing is, the questionable call with Austin Safarian Jenkins is it a touchdown? Is it not a touchdown? And this is the second time that this has happened in the NFL this year with the Golden Tate touchdown. There was a touchdown, but then it wasn't a touchdown against the Atlanta Falcons, <clears throat> which looked like a conspiracy because conspiracy itself. But I find it funny, not only in that Patriots-Jets game that the Austin Safarian-Jenkins play was not ruled a touchdown, but that the Rob Gronkowski touchdown, it looked way too easy. He was moving way too slowly to get 20 yards plus and, and get in for that touch. And when I saw that, I was like, is this a questionable call? I mean, because to me, that was the questionable call. How everybody, you know, kind of froze. It's almost like if you played the computer on easy for Madden and your tight end catches the pass and everybody slows down and him going, you know, at 45% when your receiver's going at 90%. And he still gets a touchdown. I thought the Gronkowski touchdown, everybody was kind of just like, oh, this is what they said we were supposed to do. We we're supposed to just wait for you to score. So, you know, I don't know where the uh, – the when you look back at the film, and, and this film hasn't been burned like other tapes by Roger Goodell, allegedly. So, you know, we got to watch this film. But I, I don't know. I think I think when, when push comes to shove – this this Jets team, as much as they played very closely with the Patriots, they they create for themselves their own issues. I think Matt Forte, he does some good things, but he's nothing what he used to be as of late. Elijah McGuire has some good moments, but he's not consistent. And he's not. I mean, he's getting the majority of the carries most recently, but he's not doing a lot with them. Only two point two yards a carry, and if. You know, we see Bilal Powell come back who didn't practice on Wednesday. I still don't trust him as as a running back in fantasy. So I don't like anybody on the Jets team right now. As far as the Dolphins go, Jay Ajayi, absolutely. Jarvis Landry, yes. Kenny Stills, if you have to dig a little bit, not a bad dig for you to go after. We're going to take a step aside here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCall. DT. And we're going to go look at those touchdowns once again. We'll be back here to give you more information. Baltimore, Minnesota, Dallas, San Francisco, and the rest of the gamut as we run through your fantasy advice for week seven. Mike Sofka of Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com. And of course, Dan Tatora right here for you at WakeUpCallDT.com. This is a Wake Up Call Fast Break. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York is located on 3680 Milton Avenue in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York is proud to be both. 
It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315 315- 487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash DT. Happy to be here with you on the broadcast every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Sometimes we go over, that's because we care, and Mike Sofka and I are bringing you fantasy football advice, so we will not, even though we have passed 11, we will not pass on giving you advice on every single team. Got to make sure that you are set and ready to go. So we are taking this for the long haul until we are finished on the gridiron. You will get all the advice you need this week. If you need subsequent advice, you can go to HallOfFameFantasyFootball.com with Mike Sofka, and you can come to me on WakeUpCallDT.com. You can write directly on social media, Facebook at Wake Up Call DT, Twitter at Call DT. That's C-A-L-L-D-T. Proudly brought to you fantasy football advice by the Wildcat Sports Pub, 3680 Milton Avenue in Camillus, New York, in the Home Depot Plaza, the home of phenomenal food, the best boneless wings i found locally, and a great, great atmosphere for your family, for the kids, for everybody. And when I walk in, I love walking into places especially when it's a local place to central New York and you get to really feel the community. I love walking into a place where I'm seeing jerseys of everybody. I'm seeing Seahawks, Packers, Jaguars, Lions, Titans, Bears, Broncos, Cowboys. It's awesome. And that's, I mean, that the, the, the painting that is the Wildcat is so cool. So all teams welcome and make sure you make your way out to the Wildcat this weekend, and and don't wait until the weekend. Go out there and get something to eat today for lunch. They got great food all the time, and make sure that you let them know that Dan Tortora sent you over, and and hang out there with the family, and and you can bring the. That's a beautiful about beautiful part about it is you can go and hang out and watch the games, but it's a place where you can bring the kids. So it's not like do I go to Chuck E. Cheese or do I go to the sports bar? You can actually do both at the Wildcat. And it makes it a lot of fun. Plenty of games. When the weather's nice, you can hang out outside on the volleyball court. And, of course, the TVs are everywhere for you. Plenty of tables and plenty of space. It's not one of those ones where you got to pack it in and you got nowhere to sit. There's plenty of space for all the fans across central and upstate New York for all the teams that you love. And I, I do believe there are 32 franchises that get loved in central New York. I've seen almost every single jersey out there at this point. Baltimore at Minnesota. This is a game that, uh, you know, Baltimore <laughs> Baltimore's coming off of a loss that you don't think they would have had and, and against the, the Bears, and they were at home in Baltimore. And the Vikings got a victory after Aaron Rodgers went down and the team wasn't able to score the ball. So we have this matchup of Baltimore at Minnesota. I think there's some good in fantasy here, but it's two teams that, that leave a lot of question marks. What do you think about this one, Mike? 
Well, if you thought quarterback play was bad in the Jets and the Dolphins. <laughs> no, this reminds me of one of those memes where, you know, somebody is like, oh, that's bad. Hold my beer. I'll show you worse. You know, this, this could be competing with that game. Joe Flacco has been miserable. He's a bottom 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 of the barrel quarterback this week for me last on my list i actually have case keenum ranked above joe flacco and minnesota's defense deserves that credit downgrading flacco below case keenum because flacco's been horrendous this year i can't seem to understand it but you know it is what it is you know his team is still three and three and they still have a chance but the the Vikings are four and two, and without Bradford, they still look like they're able to chug ahead with that defense and with that running game. And the running game's headed up by Jarek McKinnon. Who? Yeah, Jarek McKinnon. He's a guy who's physically capable of being the lead back on this team for quite some time. Latavius Murray has dropped off the planet Earth, and this is the guy that you should be vested in. Running back one this week against Baltimore. You know, and, and when I look at things on the other side, running the ball, you got to look at Javarius Allen. Javarius Allen and Alex Collins have been mixing it up a little bit. Javarius Allen seems to be the guy who gets the, the bigger share. Alex Collins has broken some plays loose, though. So I've got Javarius Allen as a low-end running back two this week, and I've got Alex Collins as a high-end running back three or a flex play for you this week. If you're looking at receivers, again, Adam Thielen is a guy who has come out of nowhere. I've been high on Alan Thielen ever since the preseason, and he's been getting it done. He's a low-end wide receiver one this week. And looking further down the list, I have to go way far down on the list to find anybody else worthy of playing in this game at receiver for you. And, you know, I'm finding the same thing at tight end. You have to go way down the list. And when you're going way down the list for a Ben Watson – Maybe a tight end, too, for you this week. You know, I don't know, Kyle Rudolph, maybe a high-end tight end, too, for you this week. But um, the quarterback play is going to champion this game, and it's either going to be really good or really bad for one or both teams. Yeah, you, you know, I, I don't – like like Mike said, it's either going to be really good or really bad. I could see this game being in the 20s, but I could see a lot of field goals happening. If you have the kickers on either side – not a bad play for you to put out there. Alex Collins is a guy that I picked up a couple weeks ago because I, I I saw some things from him when Javoris Allen and Terrence West were playing, and I saw some things in him as he was the only guy that was able to run the ball against Jacksonville, and granted they had taken some starters out. But I was like, you know what? I see it, but that was a game where he wasn't playing first stringers. I'm going to give it another week or two. Then I picked him up. And now I'm seeing him continue to be the dominant guy yardage-wise and dominant in carries. So Alex Collins, to me, is not a bad play if you need a flex guy out there. He is, like I said, on my roster. As far as receivers go, everybody's underperformed in this one. Chris Moore, I feel good that I have his rookie card. I think I have his autograph, so that's a good thing for me since he was a top receiver for the team, but not by much. Caught three passes for 44 yards. Mike Wallace is underperformed. There's really nobody I trust in with when it comes to Baltimore's receiving core and Flacco, just not fantasy-wise. So Alex Collins, I like at a flex position. Jarek McKinnon, if you can go pick him up and you need a running back two in a really deep league, he's a low-end two, he's a high-end three, he's not bad to put out there. And Adam Thielen seems to be the guy to play if you need some help out there as far as the receiving core goes. Stephon Diggs still on the injury report. He has a groin injury, did not participate in practice in the middle of the week. Groin injuries 
are not not good. They, I mean, if if it's if it's a nagging injury for Stephon Diggs, could be a long time. Michael Floyd calf injury, and hopefully it's not. Michael Floyd's calf injury has left him questionable. He's been a non-factor. Sam Bradford's not going to play, and Teddy Bridgewater is still out as well. So, you know, as far as Jarek McKinnon go and Adam Thielen, that's really all I feel good about in that game for Minnesota. Dallas at San Francisco. If this game was in the mid-90s, it would have been – it would have had the Super Bowl feel type to it. This would have been two teams vying to get in to the Super Bowl. Dallas at San Francisco, it's different now. San Fran's got to be the best 0-6 team I've seen in the NFL in a long time. As I mentioned earlier in the week, they have lost – Every single game, except for their first game, by three points or less. They have lost by a field goal or less in their last five games. And that's why I say that as an 0-6 team, I think they're better than the record states. What do you think about this one, Mike? Yeah, well, 0-6, and even though they're losing close games, you know, I, it wasn't that long ago. It was just week five that, that Hoyer had a good performance, even though they came up short. And now week six, he gets himself benched. And this might be the best thing for the team, C.J. Beathard, be able to come in off the bench. Don't expect anything from C.J. Beathard. You know, expect everything from the running game from San Fran. But, you know, going back to quarterback, Dak Prescott, number four quarterback this week, and he's complimented by Ezekiel Elliott, who got the TRO again. He's going to play for at least the next two weeks, and there's a thought out there that he could extend this, much like Tom Brady did, where it carries on into next year, and then they come to terms and maybe even cut it down a couple games. I don't believe that. I'm not investing any, any money in Ezekiel Elliott. I've prepared to do without him where he is if I haven't traded him already. I'm erring on the side of caution because in some of these leagues, if you wait too late, again, you're done. We're in week seven already. And if you're in, if you're in a position where you can make the playoffs, you just have to make the playoffs in your league. And let's say in two weeks they say Zeke is, is done. Well, he's done throughout the fantasy playoffs if it's six weeks. So I've really watched this situation as close as possible without being inside the judges' chambers and without you know being privy to all the discussion and settlement topics that may be going around in this. I'm cold on Zeke Elliott except this game. He's a running back one in this game. you got to play him. And, you know, receiver-wise, Des Bryant, you have to play him. He's going to be the guy they're going to throw the ball to. But going back to running back, Carlos Hyde for San Fran is the guy that's going to run the ball. He's going to run the ball a lot. They're going to mix it up with Matt Breida. And, you know, the coaching staff seems to think that Matt Breida and, and Carlos Hyde are interchangeable, almost the same player. Carlos Hyde's been injury-prone in the past. Matt Breida was hot. He was a hot guy coming into drafts. People were taking flyers on him late in the draft, but, you know, laid off the wire – and now it might be coming true. Not yet, but watch for that tide to turn in San Fran. And tight end-wise, I'd like to tell you to run out there and start Jason Witten. He is a low-end tight end one, not so much for San Fran. I thought Hoyer and Kittles were going to have something coming up here soon. It looked like they were connecting in week five, and then you sent Hoyer to the bench. So look for C.J. Beathard to try to hook up with, uh, with George Kittle and try to make something happen there. George Kittle's a low-end tight end, too. Yeah, as far as this game goes for Dallas and San Francisco, in my opinion, Ezekiel Elliott, uh, I did not draft him. I did not want to deal with the headache. I didn't want to deal with, is he playing, is he not playing, is he playing, is he not playing, is he playing, is he... I, I didn't want to go through that any more so than I think anybody else would want to go through. So I whatever when it comes to him you know it's it's 
at this point, it's a headache and it's just a pain in the butt. Uh, Dak Prescott, he's somebody that I would put out there in a situation for you in fantasy. I mean, he had three touchdowns in his most recent game. So, and he had a touchdown on the ground. He had four total, three passing, one rushing. Uh, Des Bryant, not a bad play for you as well. Jason Witten, if you need a tight end, I, I don't, I look at all three of those and I feel pretty good about them. I think Dallas is going to start running some other guys and just get prepared <clears throat> just in case. You got to remember, we're playing fantasy. They're playing reality. They need to be prepared for Ezekiel not being out there if and when that happens. So look to them to maybe look to some other people like Rod Smith and whatnot and let them get some chances. Not that I would play them in fantasy because I would not. Uh, Carlos Hyde is the one I feel the best about. On the other side, C.J. Beathard, we don't know what he's going to do, who he's going to throw to, who he's going to like the most. Eldrick Robinson was his target last week, but where he goes from here is up in the air and how he works these other guys in. So I'd say... You know, to be cautious and kind of watch, Pierre Garçon still got some targets, got the most, got 12. So that's that's Brian Hoyer-ish with Pierre Garçon. But, you know, Pierre has not been a, a big, consistent wide receiver for you in fantasy. So really, Carlos Hyde on one side. And then Dak, Dez, Jason Witten. Jason Witten does some good things, but doesn't get in the end zone as much as he used to, which I know frustrates some people. But he still gets a yardage, and Dak still targets him from game to game. Seattle at the Giants. I'd love to tell you that the Giants are gonna, you know, just just crap out, lose this game, but they just defeated the best defense ish in the country. So for their first win of the season, and guess what they did, Mike? They finally played Orleans Darkwa as their starter and put Wayne Gallman as the one-two punch. We have talked about it since the beginning of the year. I have told you about Wayne Gallman. Mike has told you about Wayne Gallman. I have preached the praises of Orleans Darkwa. He is now on my roster. They finally changed up the backfield, and oh my goodness, they defeated without three of their receivers who are on injured reserve. Dwayne Harris, who is formerly of the Cowboys, Brandon Marshall, and Odell Beckham Jr. Without three of their receivers, two of their top guys, and with Sterling Shepard not at 100%, they found a way to win. And yes, Orleans, and yes, Wayne did some good work. I guess they finally listened to us, Mike, so we should get the check for their first win of the season. What do you think about Seattle and the Giants? Yeah, I hope they got my address right on that check. I'm still waiting by the mailbox. I haven't seen it yet. I'm, I'm, I, you know what? There's this is a frustrating game for me because there's some guys on both teams that should be playing really well, and there's only one or two of them that you can count on in this game, and that's that's you know obviously Russell Wilson. He's a he's a QB one. He's a number eight overall QB this week. Eli Manning. He's more in the line of hold my beer. Let me show you how bad I can play again. You know, another one of those guys. But it is what it is. I'm calling him like I see him. I don't want to be mean toward Eli Manning. I think he's a he's a winner at heart. But he's just not getting the job done. And part of that has been the running game or lack thereof. They were able to run the ball effectively against Denver with Orleans Darkwa. Orleans Darkwa, the number 30 running back. So he's an RB3 or a flex for me this week. And, you know, Wayne Gallman's going to show up if you're in a deeper league, maybe a flex there. But, you know, they got similar running game problem in Seattle. Rawls, Lacey, uh, C.J. Prosdice. Who's going to be getting the ball here? Because it seems to be a, a, a rotating clock of committee situation, which is real bad for fantasy players. 
And then you take a look at the receiver situation. The only receiver on the field that I could possibly see scoring any points in fantasy this week is Doug Baldwin. He's a high-end wide receiver, too, this week. And when you're looking at the tight ends, the tight ends where your money's at in this game. Evan Ingram still flying under the radar. He's basically the best receiver that the Giants have, and he's a rookie. He's a rookie, and he's a tight end. He's the number six tight end this week for me. And then, of course, you know, when you talk about tight ends, you got to speak of Jimmy Graham. I got him as the number eight overall tight end this week. So, tight end, one of the quarterbacks, one of the receivers. Other than that, there's not much to play in this game. Yeah, <laughs> Uh, as far as as far as this one goes for me, you know, for the Bron or for the Broncos, for the for the Giants up against the Seahawks, I'll go to the road team first. Russell Wilson again, one touchdown, one interception. Most recently, he's not the fantasy guy for me. Uh, Thomas Rawls injured and then inconsistent. Eddie Lacy is doing exactly what I thought he would do, which was nothing. And C.J. Procise is still hurt. Jimmy Graham finally scored a touchdown. That was nice. He only had 30, 37 yards receiving and he led the team with Doug Baldwin that's not saying much for Seattle but they were able to grind it out against the Rams in their last game so because they've been off so uh, I guess Doug Baldwin on their side Jimmy Graham if you play two tight ends is not a bad tight end two for you that's all I got on that side for you on the other side Orleans Darqua I put him out there Wayne Gallman I'd still wait I'd still watch Evan Ingram I told you to draft him Okay, so if you didn't listen to me back then, that's on you. I said David Njoku and Evan Ingram are your best tight ends rookie-wise to draft, and Evan Ingram has done better than a David Njoku. I said Eli Manning loves to throw to tight ends. He loves doing it. 82 yards, seven targets, five catches, one touchdown most recently. So I like Evan Ingram and Orleans Darqua for the Giants in this game. Next one up, Cincinnati at Pittsburgh. What do you have for this one, Mike? Wow, well, a couple weeks ago, Roethlisberger, after getting decimated by the Jaguars with five picks, he did throw a couple touchdowns to Jacksonville on pick sixes. (laughs) You know, he had a better game in Kansas City, but still mediocre at best. I'm not playing Ben if I can help it. However, he might be a guy that somebody else has panicked on, and that might be your replacement in a couple weeks for an Aaron Rodgers who looks like he's done for the year. Now, that being said, you're going to have to stream until that happens. But if he continues down this road of mediocrity, that could be something you want to watch out for. I've seen it. I've seen Ben Roethlisberger on the waiver wire, which blows my mind when you consider the talent that's around him. But either quarterback here are low-end quarterback twos, best-case scenario. Not very good this year, either guy. And either, both guys, Andy Dalton and Roethlisberger, are capable of putting up quarterback numbers with the talent that's around them. They're just not getting it done. Now, speaking of the running back, Le'Veon Bell, you have to start him. You know that. He's the premier running back. He starts every week regardless of who he plays. And so does Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown's the number one overall receiver this week. So it's kind of odd when you say he's got a top-level running back in Roethlisberger having having Bell and a top-level receiver in Brown, yet he's not getting the job done. So it's kind of sad. This may be the end of Ben Roethlisberger. He said so a couple weeks ago. That's self-defeating. I don't know why you'd ever say that. Then he said he bounced back like nothing happened, and then they did. They went on a road in Kansas City, and hats off to them. They got the job done. But, you know, I definitely got to start, Bill. I definitely got to start Brown in this one. And, you know, I'm looking at the tight end position. There's a couple things that jump out there. Oh, and by the way, A.J. Green on the other side of the ball. 
A.J. Green's the number two receiver this week. So definitely the matchup of wide receivers. Joe Mixon's going to be a little more into the mix this week, pardon the pun. And, you know, of course, they're going to throw in a little Giovanni Bernard. Joe Mixon you can count on for running back two, bottom end running back two production. Uh, the tight end position, if you're if you're in a situation where, you know, you lost the tight end or, or you're, you're just scrambling, maybe this Eifert situation has gotten you out of whack with Cincinnati, him being injured and now looks like he's done for the year. You know, Tyler Croft has picked up where he left off. He's not as talented as, as Eifert, but Tyler Croft is a guy who can get you by if you need him, so look for his name on the wire. And on the Pittsburgh side, there's not much to say as far as, you know, uh, a tight end. I, I, I don't know if I can count on a Jesse James, but, you know, it is what it is. So look for great play by both receivers and look for some outstanding play by Le'Veon Bell in this game, but that's about it. I have a lot of puns for you for Pittsburgh. The the lyrical Jesse James has not spit a good 15 bars in a long time. I'm not biting into a Ben Roethlisberger, and I will ring the bell every single week. I gave you three. It's a trifecta. I love it. I've never done it before. I'm so proud of myself. I uh, I'm <laughs> in this game for Cincinnati. Who do I like? Hmm. AJ Green. Well, there you go. Uh, Joe Mixon, consistently inconsistent. Flex position for you, maybe running back three. Andy Dalton is is very well underperforming, but A.J. Green, you know, this is a guy who I told Mike I didn't buy into because he's not consistent and he gets hurt, and both of those things have happened this year. But then he has games where, you know, twice this year at least, he's, you know, you look at 100, 100, over 100 yards, 189 yards most recently. Tyler Croft, if you play two tight ends, maybe you put him out there and give him an opportunity. Not a bad guy to grab and stash for right now. You have Tyler Eifert and Tyler Croft. Some people look quickly and think it's the same person. It's not. So Croft is not a bad guy to get and stash. A.J. Green, I like. Joe Mixon, I like I said, I'd throw him out there, but not as my running back one or two right now. Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. I mean, folks, if you don't know to play these people at this point in time, you're probably playing fantasy hockey. It's okay. We'll talk about it. We'll discuss it. You thought they were on the Penguins. They're not. It's all going to be all right. Le'Veon Bell. And Antonio Brown, both over 150 yards in their respective positions. Brown receiving and Bell running the ball. And this happening most recently. Ben Roethlisberger is very quiet. Yet the loudness of Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell is deafening. Which is crazy to me. You think you have those two weapons. That would mean that Ben Roethlisberger's numbers would be phenomenal. But they're not. They're the opposite. You're almost like, did he throw the touchdown or did Landry Jones throw it? Who threw it? Charlie Batch. Did he come back and do it? So, you know, Bell and and Brown you play, but Roethlisberger you got to stay away from. Denver at Los Angeles. I feel like the AFC West has only played each other. I know they played other people, but I just, I look from week to week, I feel like every single week there's a really good matchup in the AFC West. And I don't think anybody's safe in the AFC West anymore. Denver on the road at Los Angeles. The good news is there'll be more Denver fans there than Los Angeles fans because they can't give the tickets away for the Chargers and Rams game. So it'll be a Denver home game in L.A. What do you think about this one? Yeah, I think that this is going to be a game of mediocre quarterback play, a little bit better than what we've been talking about the past couple games. But this is a a situation where – one of these guys has to step up in order for their team to play. Trevor Simeon, a low-end quarterback, too, this week. And, you know, on the other side of the ball, when when I go to uh, uh, Philip Rivers here, I'm, I'm worried that, you know, this isn't 
a game where he's going to perform like he should. And it's a shame because he's got some talent around him. He's got a Keenan Allen. He's got a Melvin Gordon. Both guys are must-starts this week. And yet, as a team, they seem to find ways to lose games. And that's got to be frustrating if you're a Charger fan, whether you're in San Diego or L.A. or wherever you're at. You know, on the on the tight end side, Hunter Henry's definitely a charger you want to start. He's proven himself that he's back. He disappeared for a little while, but he's definitely back. This is a game where you can count on a C.J. Anderson to run the ball really well. I've got him as a low-level running back, too, this week. So one of these guys, one of these teams is going to step up and snatch this game. The other one's not going to be in so good a position out west for looking at playoffs. Yeah, you know, I feel like anybody in this division can make the playoffs and anybody can win this division at this point of the AFC West between the Chargers, the Raiders, the Broncos, and the Chiefs. In this game for Denver, fantasy-wise, for the Broncos, it's, you know, rushing attack, It's it's been so, so up and down. C.J. Anderson started to look like C.J. Anderson three years ago, and all of a sudden that went away. Jamal Charles... He's involved, but he's not doing a ton. Devontae Booker is getting involved more as as the pass-catching running back on the team. Emmanuel Sanders is going to be out for this game. Demarius Thomas is expected to play. I feel good about Demarius as a wide receiver, too. I feel okay with Devontae Booker as a running back four and a flex. I don't trust in C.J. Anderson, and, and dare I say, I don't trust in Denver's defense right now. Melvin Gordon is questionable to play in this game, but if he plays, you got to play him. Melvin Gordon and Hunter Henry are the ones I feel best about. I don't feel good about Phillip Rivers right now. Make it simple enough. The rematch of the Super Bowl, Atlanta at New England. We'll see if Atlanta plays the first half and New England plays the second. This game is Sunday night football. What do you have for this one, Mike? Well, this is a game of the opposite, the polar opposite of what we've been talking about. There's going to be some extremely good quarterback play. I got Tom Brady as the number one overall quarterback this week, and Matt Ryan is the number three overall quarterback this week. So either one of these guys, you know they're going to perform well. Uh, looking at the running back situation, I think that fumble last week for Gillisley is costly. I know he's been the touchdown machine and the guy they look for in short yardage, and he's even got some you know, in between the 20s, running back and forth. But, you know, Deion Lewis looks like he snuck back into the picture here. Those guys are a coin flip at, at a, at a, at a, excuse me, at a running back three position this week or a low end running back two, either one of those guys. And if I was going to make a speculative play, I would go out and see if uh, Deion Lewis is available. Believe it or not, on the wire, he was available in a lot of leagues, both Yahoo or ESPN, wherever you're playing. So look out for that, you know, but, on the other side of the ball there, Devontae Freeman, you have to start him. He's the number seven overall running back this week. And Tevin Coleman's a, a low-end running back, too. This is a guy who can't get on the field on his own team, and he's putting up better numbers than some RB1s on other teams. So it's ridiculous. And, of course, the wide receiver situation, Julio Jones hasn't scored. But, you know, he's the guy that's going to get the looks and the, and the targets. He's the guy that they're going to throw the ball to. So you got to start him. He's the number three overall wide receiver. I'm putting a lot of faith in Julio Jones this week and then you know on the other side of the ball there for New England Gronk he's almost like a giant robot wide receiver I don't even think he's really a tight end I think this is a guy in a robot outfit or something 
But Austin Hooper on the other side at tight end, he's definitely worthy of a start. He's a tight end one, but on low end, nowhere near where Gronk is. So be, you know, just check your expectations there. I think New England's going to win this game. And I think that uh, the Patriots are going to put themselves back in a position to make a run here. And I think the Falcons are going to be in a bad way, especially after they had that. Well, we haven't seen that before where they give up a bunch of points in the second half and lose the game, have we? a la the Super Bowl and last week. I think New England's going to get ahead, stay ahead, and I think both quarterbacks are going to be throwing the ball well. Yeah, uh, Mike Gillisley, you know, for the way he started his season, he has not scored in the last four weeks, and he has been relatively quiet. Deion Lewis is available in the Central New York leagues, and uh, so, I mean, I'm telling you, I saw him this morning. And while we were doing the show, I was looking stuff up, and I saw him out there, so... Just to let people know, he is out there. Maybe I got him, maybe I didn't. Who knows? You'll have to go out and check. Atlanta up against New England. though for the Falcons, Matt Ryan, yes. Devontae Freeman, yes. Tevin Coleman still scoring touchdowns, even though he's not getting a ton of yards, so he's a yes. And Julio Jones. Austin Hooper I go back and forth with. He's a tight end two for me this week if you have a two set. So he's not bad. If you got somebody that's off and you have Hooper on, don't be scouring the waiver wire going crazy unless there's somebody really good out there. You know, put Hooper out there and give him a shot. I don't trust him as a one just yet, but he's not a bad option to have. Tom Brady, he's this guy that I've been watching play football for a little bit. I think he's pretty good. Brandon Cooks, Rob Gronkowski, I like them too. Deion Lewis, not a bad play as a running back three for me. Mike Gillisley, still a running back three. Slightly lower than Deion Lewis this week, in my opinion. Final game that we have is going to be that Monday night football matchup against the Washington Redskins and the Philadelphia Eagles. You hear me chuckle a little bit on my end because the Philadelphia Eagles are 5-1. and one. They've only lost to the Chiefs, who were also 5-1 and one before they just lost, now they're 5-2. and two. Nelson Aguilar has done some good things. This team has done some good things. Carson Wentz looks like the quarterback we thought he would be last year in the way that he started. So we'll look if he can finish the way that he started this year better than he can in his freshman season. They've taken down the Cardinals, the Panthers in Carolina, the Chargers in L.A., the Giants. They've won at the Redskins' first game of the season, and they're going to get this this home-and-home series over and done with in their first seven games of the season. They played the Redskins in week one. They're playing them now in their seventh game of the season. What do you think about this one, Mike, as Washington will go to Philadelphia against a Philadelphia team that now holds the best record in the NFL. We'll get another game with some good quarterback play. I've got Carson Wentz and Kirk Cousins ranked the number five and six quarterbacks this week, respectively. I think this is going to be an exciting game to watch. I think both teams can put up points, and both teams have decent defenses. Philadelphia has put themselves in the driver's seat to be able to make a good run here, and they look like a team that could make it not only to the playoffs, but the Super Bowl. They've been playing well on both sides of the ball, and the second-year quarterback, Carson Wentz, has been phenomenal. I say phenomenal because he does what he has to do to make first downs, drive the team, and make plays. They seem to create something when nothing's going right. But Garrett Blunt has been back on the map here. Wendell Smallwood got dinged up. You know, and, and Wendell Smallwood's trying to make it back on the field, but uh, Garrett Blunt's a low-end uh, running back two this week. On the other side of the ball, though, you know, you got to look at things like you got to look at the receiving situation. Can Alshon Jeffrey 
stay up there as a wide receiver one. Well, he's a wide receiver two for me this week. But if you're looking for value, Nelson Aguilar is the way to go. He's been hot as of late, and even he was available on some waiver wires recently. So there's some value in this game, and there's some tremendous value at tight end. Zach Ertz, you have to start him. He's the number two tight end out there right now. And Jordan Reed on the other side, if he could just stay on the field, he'd be great. But that's what makes a Vernon Davis a sneaky pickup off the waiver wire if he's available because Vernon Davis is going to step right up. The old man's getting it done when he does play for Jordan Reed. Yeah, you know, Washington and Philadelphia in this Monday night matchup, this is a good one for Philadelphia if they're able to win this one and move forward. Kirk Cousins is not a bad play. He seems to play well on these big-time matchups, the Sunday nights and the Monday nights. Seems to have some fun and almost shocked the Kansas City Chiefs just a few weeks ago, so I like him in this one. Samaje Perrine needs to wake the hell up. I haven't gotten rid of him yet. He's not off of my roster, but he's been sitting on my benches. He averages like one point a game maybe out of Oklahoma. Rob Kelly's still injured. Chris Thompson's the guy in the backfield. Do I trust Chris Thompson right now? No, not completely. Samaje Prine, I'm just I'm sitting here waiting, man. I'm I'm it's it's all you. What you gonna do? He got a touchdown receiving most recently, but I'm waiting to see his true involvement in this offense where I can actually feel like they're gonna lean on him a little bit. Terrell Pryor Sr.'s inconsistent, Jamison Crowder's inconsistent. I'm surprised at the inconsistency of these two at this point in the season. I thought that they would have been utilized a little bit more. So receiver-wise, I don't have a lot. I mean, I like Kirk Cousins. I don't think that it's bad to go to Vernon Davis as a wide receiver too, but it's hard for me to to say definitely for somebody on Washington because of the inconsistencies, especially in uh, in the rushing and receiving game. As far as Philadelphia, if you got Carson Wentz, he's not a bad play for you. He had three touchdowns, no picks most recently. LeGarrette Blunt, I told you I liked him from the beginning. Nelson Aguilar, he was available this morning in one of our leagues, and he's not now because of this guy that's talking to you. Nelson Aguilar took a flyer on him last year. He upset me this year. I've been watching in the distance safely. I, you know, he, I had to stay 500 yards per my restraining order. I did, but I've been watching. And Nelson Aguilar, to me, is a uh, he's somebody that I like. So I put him out there on the team. Zach Ertz, I like him too. Two touchdowns on two catches most recently. So how do you go wrong with Ertz? And and at this point with Aguilar, he's a good pickup for you. He's he's done enough for me to pick him up this time around after I dropped him last year and was just frustrated with him. So he's definitely done better with me this time around. And we'll see how it goes this week between the two teams. That and, and once again, Detroit and Houston are off. That has been Fantasy Football Advice, proudly presented by the Wildcat Sports Pub, 3680 Milton Avenue in Camillus, New York, in the Home Depot Plaza. Family-friendly sports bar for you. Plenty big, plenty of TVs. Welcome to all teams. Great food. It is your hub. And they have leather chairs you could just sit and hang out in that little foyer, little VIP section as well. So make sure that you bring yourself over to the Wildcat for some football this weekend, some fantasy love, and all throughout the week for some awesome food and awesome experiences. The NBA is back, and they show that too. So you can hang out, watch that, and then, of course, go there and watch the SU-Miami game Saturday at 3.30 p.m. Eastern time. It is my birthday. If you want to throw a birthday party for me, then just let me know to be over at the Wildcat and what time it will be. Mike did not throw me a party when I was down in Florida, so I will anxiously anticipate the belated birthday party 
and uh, maybe we could do something for that. Maybe we could do some, if Syracuse beats Miami, if your Gators do well, maybe we can do, you know, a joint kind of party celebration, Mike. But as always, it's a party here on the show, HalloFameFantasyFootball.com, WakeUpCallDT.com. Much love, and and obviously my best to uh, to your Gators and to your teams as you move forward into this week, Mr. Mike Sofka. Sounds great. Thanks a lot, Dan. Happy birthday, and the check's in the mail. All right, man. Take care. So, you, so you're getting a check from the Giants, and then I'm getting a cut of the check. I like that. I can go with that. I'll Sounds wait. good. I'll wait for it. Take care, and have a good day, and I'll talk with you soon. All right, see you. Take care. So that's uh, Mike Sofka once again. Mike Sofka of wake of hall of fame fantasy football.com myself dan Tora, you know me on wake up call dt.com where you can listen watch read and enjoy over 400 articles plenty of videos and over 770 shows that you can get on the archive on wake up call dt.podbean.com and you can also get that feed by going to the show archive on wake up call dt.com make sure that you are connecting with the show by joining me on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt as a member and like the page at wakeupcalldt on Facebook, Twitter at calldt, Instagram at Dan Tortora Media, and I will talk with you very soon. <laughs>